0: What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. The language that rolls off of your tongue not only creates the kind of character in someone else's mind for us, but because it also becomes the words and tonality that we think in, it becomes a lot of what we think about ourselves the rapport that we have with ourselves. The way we phrase sentences, the way we refer to people, and all that built-in respect in those words shapes the world around us that we live in. It forms our relationships in accordance to those words and those phrases and how we say them. The relationships with ourselves and everyone around us is in accordance to that. And what is colloquial speech to you, what is common and casual to you, tends to match the kind of rooms you find yourself in. Especially if you don't have the ability to adjust yourself to your audience, if you have a trucker mouth, you probably will not find yourself relating to sophisticated professionals. You probably wouldn't want them as your friends or clients. And vice versa, if you are extremely professional in how you express yourself and the kind of thoughts that you normally ponder then you will find it difficult to relate to the vernacular of the common man. And some people can go back and forth because of the contrast between their upbringing and professional environments, but those well-rounded individuals are far and few between. Like a gangster and a gentleman, with the ability to act like an inmate and sound like a scholar. But even if you can do that, it doesn't take away from the point of the power of language in your life and how it shapes it. Whichever mode you are in, you will attract and build the kind of life you are leaning towards with your speech. What made me think about this is the effect of the distinction in respect built into some languages, the formal and informal versions of saying the same thing. I'll talk about my language Hindi, but you'll be able to relate to it and maybe are familiar with the similarities in Spanish. The way to refer to someone in Spanish when you say you is tú. But if the person you are referring to is older or someone you want to give respect to, you use the word usted in a formal sense. In the same fashion, we have that distinction in Hindi. You informally is tú or túm, ironically almost the same as Spanish, but formally it is ap. So, when you're trying to talk to somebody with respect, you say up. Now, for me, as a side effect of having left this country very early in my life when I was 11, the only way that I learned to say you or practice you was up because the people that I may have practiced or gotten the time to say to, to, was probably just my friends in school, but the bulk of my time spent was with elders or people in my family or community or teachers. So what was built into my speech was more of a practice in saying up, the formal way. And now when I'm back here as an adult, even in my mid-30s, at my age where I'm the elder to most of my friends here, where I have every right and opportunity to use tu informally, because I am big bro to everyone and I'm older than most of the people that I'm around, but because it feels weird to me to say it, because it's not practice, even though all the people around me refer to each other as do, but because I have practiced the formal version of this language way more than the informal version ingrained as a child, what flows out of my mouth automatically is "up," the respectful version of you. And that is the case with how I talk to everyone. So my speech here does not look at someone's age before giving them respect. It doesn't look at their status. It doesn't look at how much money is in their pocket. It doesn't look at their job description. My speech doesn't care if all of those combine and the person is younger and my employee and of a lower status. It does not distinguish. It gives everyone the respect as if they were my elder, as if they were inherently someone worthy of respect. And let me just skip to the punchline. It has made all the difference. The problem with such distinctions built into language is that people themselves get used to what they are used to being referred to as. So a younger person doesn't expect the respect of an older person. A poorer person doesn't expect the respect of a richer person. The laborers don't expect the respect of the professionals and when they meet someone like me who doesn't adjust his speech in accordance to what respect that he thinks that they deserve that they are taken back by the respect that is automatically coming out of my mouth it makes them not only respect me more but it makes them live up to that respect that is automatically given to them that they weren't expecting and maybe only received from their own children or family even in my anger even when fighting with some of these people the words that flow out of my mouth are automatically of built-in respect this is where i'm talking about the nuanced importance of having this speech built into your natural way of being because if you just fake it if you just adjust it by person then it will differ in the voice you hear in your own head too and all that difference doesn't help when it shows up under stress Because only the natural form of us shows up under stress. And then, are you being nice to yourself in your head? And when in anger, when in distress of any kind, what is baseline of natural to you will surface. And if that is void of respect, then no matter how much time you have spent trying to effort the respect It will be all washed over by the real moments where the real you under stress comes out. There's this old story of Akbar the Great, this king who ruled over the, I believe, the Mughal Empire, who had his most trusted advisor named Birbal. One time, in their court, a guest who was a polyglot came in. The guy could speak multiple languages as if they were his fluent natural mother tongue. And he challenged King Akbar's court to determine what was his real language and which one was the one that he had just learned. One after another, each one of the advisors tried their tricks to figure out what was this guest's natural language. And they all failed because he was so good and so fluent. Only then did the king ask his most trusted advisor to take a chance at figuring out what this guest's natural language was. And the advisor... Beerbil didn't try right away. He waited. He waited until the middle of the night when the guest was sleeping. And in the middle of the night, he went and took a stick and hit the guest real hard on his legs. And when the guest woke up screaming, whatever language he woke up screaming in was his natural language, his mother tongue. What this story was meant to depict is that what is most practiced and most natural to us is what surfaces when under stress, when you wake up in the middle of the night. No matter how much time you have worked practicing the fluency of another way of speech, it will not stand the test of stress. When you take the DISC profile, the personality exam, it measures what shows up under stress. It's not like 16 personalities or the other tests that change based on your current role or current requirements and temperament. It's not like Myers-Briggs. And so how do you change what's natural to you if you are already much older and I'm saying that faking it doesn't work? It's a question that I had to ask myself. And one thing I learned a long time ago from a friend when he went away to college was he said if you practice something, even if you call it faking it at first, but if you spend enough time practicing it." Like being spontaneous when you aren't usually. Or being kind when you are prone to anger. Or being respectful because it is how you want to be. When you practice your own way of being, regardless of what situation you are in. When you don't let the situation or the person determine how you show up. When you pick your own principles and practice them as a way to be for yourself. Then over time... The time spent practicing that way consciously will become unconscious competence over time. And the goal is just to tip over 50% of your natural tendency into the practiced way of being. And even that isn't easy, and your childhood responses might surface, but I still believe that over time, the neurons that fire together that you practice will wire together and become more of your default. When you speak softly, people lean towards you. When you speak abruptly, they lean away. If your eyes are sweet, you will like all the people in the world. But if your tongue is sweet, all the people in the world will like you. And don't play the game just because you want people to like you. But you will like you more. Because the world is only a reflection of your inner dialogue. And speaking softly with respect to others is only going to be a byproduct of the kindness that you show yourself. And that is a game worth playing. I love you, family. Stay true always. I'll see you on the next show.